go through the mechanics that are in the Assassin's Creed world feels fluid. It feels great to like go in there, be an assassin, be a thief, steal stuff, all that stuff. It's clunky and shitty, and I get fucking caught every five fucking minutes by the guards, even though I have like max like hiding turned on. Like in the, in the, the, the people who are creating this add at it's an add on to something else to a different product. It's right, not right. something that they put their all into making, and the and the problem is the dilution that that the, the diluting of the original formula of an Assassin's Creed game could occur if they turn this into a service game. Welcome to episode 301 of the Emerging Gamer Pod Podcast. I fucked it up. <laughs> this is Felix Hergood, and I'm here with Locke. Hey, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> and I'm here with Neo. Hi, it's Neo. And I'm here with Trip Zero. That's me, Trip Zero. What's going on, everybody? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So we're back, man, after a long hiatus. We were off for like, uh, what, two weeks, guys? Yeah. Oh, is that two weeks? Has it been, it's been two weeks? It we has missed been two. Two, I think we missed two shows in a row. Uh, what was the first reason? I, the second reason I can talk about, but like the first reason, I don't remember. Uh, I mean, I th- oh, we just couldn't pull it together. Yeah. For yeah. the, for the yeah. first week, Could it not was get like our shit together. I think, Locke, you had some family crisis you were going through, which is understandable. And Neo, I think you said you had some work I was, backlog. I was working. Yeah. You had work I was backlog or something. Uh, that's what it was. It was you, yeah. you two were you two were available. Trip and, and Felix, you were Trip available. Doesn't like to, Trip doesn't her. like to do a duo with me. I make him nervous. A duo? <laughs> no. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. This man, Hold on. This man had a time. He knew he had a bomb that he could just lob and get me all I'm not lobbing you. I'm, I'm just kidding. No, two mans are two mans are tough. Grievances on the table. No, but we would have had it. We would I mean, have if we'd done it. We would have done. Had a good show. We me would've. and you have done two mans back in the day that have just. I've done a two man with Felix. Before. It just turned that. into drunken ramble. Yeah, you know. <laughs> no, me, me and Trip talked it's, about it. We, ta- we yeah, talked. About you weren't. It wasn't just the two man cell. It was the do I do I text X Y Z person and I'm like I don't want them to feel like they're just being used. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, our yeah. panic to get a show together, <laughs> and then this became a whole discussion about the no, i'm the one that brought it up and, I'm, the, I'm the one that said do we have should we add somebody else <laughs> it's like the discomfort of like, I said, I said, there's got to be another guy in the room that's your go-to very often like we gotta pull someone out of the hat we gotta pull someone out of the bench you know what i mean day no. of no i always forget the day, day of is in the room we'll talk about i, I personally think room. this is my own personal opinion i think our show is much better show when there's more than th- three or more people i think it were a three or more people show definitely i agree uh, but yeah, here we speaking are. Of, speaking of shows, well, I was going to say this is three hundred one, and uh, we're back. Um, I'm still alive. Uh, what happened to me last week was I got nearly t-boned in an intersection. He did get the, t-boned. The, I don't the, think it. Yeah, he wasn't nearly. Well, I mean, he wasn't nearly. It was the front of the car. So t-bone t-bones is like okay. So it, you got you got you got door. an L. You got L'd. We got hit on the side, but it was you in got, front of the car, off. which pushed us pushed us across the intersection into got, a uh, um, a um, uh, you know like a walk light, you know like what are they called? Like a walking traffic light. We got we sheared that right off the sidewalk, went right through it. Um, I don't know, man. Came out came out of it. My ass hurt. 
Mrs. Felix like scratched her. <laughs> literally, 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 Mrs. Felix My scratched. She, she got big abrasions on her hands um, because she had her. She was smoking a cigarette when we got hit, and like her hand, like you know, went into the w- windshield. That's what we think Oof. from the inside. Man. Uh, right, right, but not right, through right. it. It didn't go through it. It just like smacked the look, look. windshield. Yeah. Can I say from the photos that that I had seen of this? Yeah. You're lucky that it's just your ass. Right. That's right. I know. And then there was a guy, this guy, guy looks like an older version of me. He had a beard <laughs> down to here, all white, all white beard, right? Maybe, His, dude, maybe it, maybe it was you. Dude, can you could, fucking imagine? Oh, oh my God. Who's was actually hitting your car to stop you from getting somewhere. Dude, but now that you say that, now that you say that, to save your own life. Now you say that it's so creepy because the way he was saying stuff, he was going, you don't understand how this saved your life. This is what he's saying to me. <laughs> did you ask him? Did you, right now? Did you, did you, ask, him it, did you said, ask him his name? Yeah, his name is Bill. <laughs> Shout out to Bill. Thanks, Bill. Of course, um, Bill, Bill. Most Bill, common name in the world. He just like yeah. picked it out of a hat. It's, it's did, you like ask him where he, did you ask him where he lived? Because I bet you he wouldn't be able to tell you. He did tell me. Because he lives in the future, dude. Yeah, it's future you. The podcast he's up to at this point. He should have asked him that question. What's hilarious is he lived right across the street from the accident. Uh, coincidentally, but he was driving so back to his bought a house yeah. and waited 25 <laughs> years to drive his car into you to stop you from getting to whatever is was up the road. Yeah, right. Yeah, maybe right. This, is, far this is new reality. Anyway. I like this reality. So yeah, so we made there. it out. We made it out alive. We're good, and uh, we're yeah, we're happy. To build but, that. but it build, happened. Build, it happened literally right before the sh- we were going to do the show that day, and I was just like, right. I contacted you guys. I was like, show's canceled unless you guys want to do it. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm yeah. out. I'm out. I'm not doing it this week. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So that's where we are. Uh, yeah. So well, the main point that we're going to talk about this week is we're probably going to be, be aiming at the Ubisoft announcement mm-hmm. um, that, you know, basically, well, I'll let you guys go into that a little bit further because. I yeah. There, there's a lot yeah. to unpack there. Yeah. So. Maybe that's what we're going to talk about later. But right now, I guess we're going to go through. Uh, Trip's going to tell us a little bit about his new endeavor uh, related to the Emerging Gamer Podcast. Tell us all about it. Oh, thank you, Felix. Uh, so, yes, starting this Monday, the Emerging Gamer has released a new show called The Daily Reset. Um, as of today, it is on uh spotify apple podcast and audible as well as um the podcast index so you can really find it almost anywhere it is it will be on google soon if you use those platforms it's essentially a um oh and youtube don't forget youtube posted to youtube as well uh essentially an eight ish minute uh daily news recap for gaming um brought to you by myself i get up there upload this every morning and then you have a little briefing for your day imagine yourself you're you're the president, you're a CEO, you're someone important, just getting like the, the bullet points, everything that happened like the hours before the show leading up to broadcast. You're going to know more news than anyone else ever faster than anyone else ever. So you're record, you're recording it in the morning for the day before. Is that what you mean? I'm recording it in the morning of any given day. And that is news that happened in the last couple hours leading up to the show. So say like, it's tomorrow's show is going to have all the breaking news from today. Okay, got it, got it. So cool. if someone, you know, doesn't have time to scan Twitter nonstop, which let's be honest, there's a lot going on. A lot of us don't. Too much. Um, let me just deliver you all the nuggets with the research 
and what you need to know. It's called The Daily Reset. All your favorite podcast services are there. Um, It'll be up every single day. So check it out. It's like NPR's up first. It's like Apple News Today. It's like your morning briefing, but for gaming. No one else is doing this. There's a lot of forum shows. There's tons of like, you know, let's sit here for three hours and chat about stuff, which is great. It's a lot of fun if you want that vibe. But I love listening to like the regular news in like a hit me with it kind of dose. And I wanted that for gaming. So I'm going to give it to all of you as well. I'll be be real talk. We talked about this before the show started, but I really like it. I've listened to both episodes so far. I think it's dope. I think I would love it's well, I haven't heard. There's wait, I've only seen, I've only listened to, I've only listened to two of them. Well, it's there, baby. Oh shit. You can guess what you can guarantee every day. I'm going to go back and listen to that, that one I missed then, but Mm -hmm. I'll be real trip. It's really good. I'm really, I really enjoy it. I really, I, and like I said before, like I, I get my news briefings from Alexa. I would love to have like Alexa, read me trips, zeros, sultry voice, reading gaming news every morning. I promise you I'll learn how to make it happen. We'll make it happen until then. You're in my car now with me. I'm going to take you with me, put you in my car, listen to gaming news from trip zero. Very cool. It's really good. Yeah, when Very I get cool. my new car after the insurance company tells us we're getting my car <laughs> and it has CarPlay, you're going to be with me as well. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. No, seriously, check it out, people. Uh, like it is, I, I really, I really dig this this show that Trip's working on. I love obviously, it. yeah. The, this show is the heart of the Emergent Gamer, right? Getting together every week, chatting with you guys, uh, deep diving in the news, having our community come together around the discussions. Um, and this is just to expand that concept, get everyone more up to speed, uh, get more involved in in the news and the cadence of the news cycles, and just just give more value to people that, that want to hang out with us in terms of, uh, you know, listening. Because people do like the news, um, and that can take up a lot of time on our show. So you get the news every day delivered to you. We have more time for us to just bullshit and analyze it in a fun way. Hell yeah. Love it. Hell yeah. yeah. So check it out. Oh, like, it's everywhere. Absolutely. Uh, so let's catch up. Well, it's been two weeks. Uh, who, wants, who, two wants, weeks. Who, wants to talk, who wants to talk about games they're playing? You want me to be Felix? brief? Can I be brief? You I would love ever it. be brief in your life. Hold on. Before yeah, you start, let me just really quickly take a look at what time this is. Okay. <laughs> Be brief. <laughs> Let me see what brief is. <laughs> oh, you're going to fuck with me. All right. I have been playing because I was basically on my sore ass for fucking the last week. So I haven't. But, but prior to getting hit by a car in the middle of a two-week period, um, what I did a lot of, and you guys may appreciate this, um, is I started digging into the PvP elements of Elder Scrolls Online. Um, Whoa! And, and and this isn't just a general thing, you know. Like there is a was specifically an event where you can earn uh, special gear, special rewards, lots of like different emotes. Um, it was called it's called Mid Year Mayhem. Normally, Mid Year Mayhem for Elder Scrolls Online. I I don't think the precedent has been set yet. Uh, Mid Year Mayhem has always been a boss fight. You fight bosses, big world bosses that are all around the world normally in the game. You get extra bonus points for for fighting those, right? Um, this mid year mayhem was the first year that I think they did it a PvP event. Um, so, and I really dug into the features 
the complexity of the features that are the PvP, which I'm not going to go into like crazy or anything. But basically, there's two game modes for, uh, uh, well, three. Sorry, there's three technical game modes for Elder Scrolls Online for PvP. There's Battlegrounds, which is probably the one that if Locke played this, he would play this game over and over again because it's match-based PvP, different types. Um, there's, you know, like a death match uh, that rotates, and you don't get to choose. It just throws you into whatever you get. Are right? you like third-person fighting another person, third-person casting uh-huh. magic, hitting them you with can't, swords, you whatever? Can't play, you can't play Battlegrounds in first-person. You can't even do it. You have the choice in the game to play in first person, but you can't play Battlegrounds and it, you would get destroyed. Everyone can see you and you have to be in third person in order to automatic spells. Yeah. yeah, because a lot of your spells are like area of effect. So you need to right, be able to see right. the full area, you know, like there's no, mm. there's no way, but uh, they have like, so the types of game modes they have, they have chaos ball where there's a ball and you just got to hold it as long as possible and it eats at you as you run around. So if you don't heal yourself as you're going, or if people attack oh. you, you can lose the ball. Okay. Um, then there's capture the relic. Capture the relic is there's a relic for every team, and then you grab the relic, and you can't deliver the relic unless your relic is at home, basically. you know, Capture the flag, kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know if that element of capture the flag is there. D- does your flag always have to be in base in order to deliver a flag? Um it depends. There's there's variations yeah. where it does, and there's variations where it where it doesn't. So like um, competitive Halo Three, it didn't need to be at your base. Okay. Hutball um, in Star Wars: The Old Republic, you did need to have your hutball in base. Yeah. Before delivering the enemy's hutball for. A but point. I think like traditional capture the flag when it came out in either Combat Evolved or Halo Two, it required your flag to be returned in like the base the base version yeah. of capture the flag. But like once it got to competitive settings, they, they just made it that you needed to get the flag there. Yeah. So it's just like that. And then there's two other game modes. There's uh crazy King, which is like King of the Hill, but the, the points move for King of the Hill just moves. Halo all three. Yep. yep. And then the last one is uh, uh domination, which is just like um, what's the one in destiny where you hold the points. Control. Uh, control. control, yeah. So domination, control, same same idea. Same difference. So, yeah. so I played that and quickly learned <coughs> that there are a bunch of tryhard, sweaty kids with really crazy oh, builds. Baby. And I just, I don't just think getting... you can go into any PvP ah, space and they, not every have game's got them, kids, dude. Yeah. I started getting dominated so hard, man. We were um, also going up against your own learning curve, right? Being in there for right. the first That's time, true. you know. Yeah, but it, for, it forced me to also just start looking up builds, you know, finding like good websites for like what's a good mm-hmm. build for PvP, uh, what's a balanced build that goes between PvE and PvP, you know, like the, right. all these different right. uh, builds. And I found one and I worked on it and I got to get gear that enhances it even further than what it is. But I started doing okay. I definitely started doing mm-hmm. really well nice. in Domination. My favorite game modes were Domination and my favorite game modes domination and i uh, was okay at crazy king but but deathmatch won't even fuck with that <laughs> the, the kids in that man are just fucking dangerous bro <laughs> like those those guys have been playing it's see it just seemed like a lot of the players were like playing for years or um you know like this brings a lot of people out of the woodwork you know people who don't who mm-hmm. have really good gear sets they just pop them on yeah you said this was there. an event right? right it's an event yeah so it, it drew a lot of people out um, you know, and people are doing it for the cosmetics and the emotes and, and all that shit. I didn't really earn much of that because I didn't play it that hard because I was still doing PvE stuff. But I played it and it was fun and 
I, 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 I was surprised because I really avoided that portion of the game because I thought it was going to be just full of nasty toxicity and, and it wouldn't sure. be something that I would enjoy, but I loved it. I mean, I actually had a good time. Go ahead, Locke. I have a, I have a question for you um, before I make a statement about uh, build crafting. Do you, do you do the same? Did you find yourself build crafting in PvE or did you just equip what was your highest level or what just... Uh, well, cosmetically worked. Did you were you crafting builds for PVE prior to you I, finding the ability? It was to do in it the back PvE? of my mind that I needed to do it eventually if I ever wanted to do what are called veteran dungeons, which are harder dungeons. Right. And then they have right. something called trials, which is a twelve man like no matchmaking like event that I could like a raid. I, right. Yeah, I could I could LFG that if I wanted to. And the way my character is even now is not good enough for trials. I can't go anywhere near mm. that. Um, I did my first successful this week after I had made this build. I did my first successful veteran dungeon, which was what I was told right after I finished it. I was like, see, I did pretty good. And they were like, <laughs> uh, Jay Prince was like, yeah, that was like, the, not going to lie, dude, one of the easiest veteran dungeons. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> just like knocked, knocked it down a peg. I was like, yeah, I think, um, step, step right off that. You're too high on your pedestal. Um, yeah, I think the reason why I ask is because like I lost a lot of interest in Destiny PvP, and this was the first season where I like crafted a build around specific functions in PvP, and like it, it kind of rebirthed my enjoyment for playing Crucible again. So I was just yeah. curious about like what that meant for you in Elder Scrolls because like I never really worried about those things before, and then I kind of like stumbled uh, upon it. Like, I put mean, my mods in order for it, found gear for it, like put exotics around it and then like really leaned into that play style. And like, that's the way that I play PVP now is around this specific build. But are you doing um, it as a want or are you doing it out of necessity? Because to be as honest, a want, with, as a, want. yeah, see lock, you have sheer talent at PVP. So you probably, you know, at the PVP you're doing, which is, which is destiny. So I think you probably haven't needed it. So this is more of like a, a luxury or a want. You like you want to do it because you want to have certain enhancements or whatever. Uh, it's necessity. You cannot mm. go in to the PvP in Elder Scrolls and not think of a build. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you have the way that Elder Scrolls is set up is it's yeah. very. I'm sure it's very spell based. You know, right? Because I'm of- also I'm, I'm also a healer, so I was also had to figure out healing meta. Like how much mm-hmm. how much emphasis do I put on buff? How much emphasis do I put on just straight out heals? Mm-hmm. Like what are people going to want from me when I'm on their team? Are they going to want me to heal them more or just buff them so they can do more damage? And in, in death matches, as it turns out, people just want buffing. They want they want like things to to keep the enemy debuff the enemy from attacking and buff mm-hmm. them in their damage. And that's right. mostly what people want, and it's a lot faster. Um, I didn't ever even thought to add things like there's this wings thing. Um, when I first put it on, I was like, what are these wings doing? I keep flapping them at people. Evidently, it's a speed boost so that I can I can utilize it in the heat of battle to get away or, and what I found out, to dominate people in domination because I can use the wings to get to the points quicker than anyone else. Lock the mm. point in, run. Lock the point in, run. Uh, go ahead, nice. uh, Trip. Yeah, um, I was gonna say this. This sounds a lot. Uh, well, at least the uh, the point grabbing sounds a lot like uh, a mode that Final Fantasy fourteen has in PvP that I mm-hmm. that I kind of similar similarly to you didn't dip my toe in because that wasn't why I played the game. 
until I was leveling an alt character, and someone was like, "You get the best experience if you, you do. play you PvP get some daily." Right, so right, like, right. Right. I guess yep. I'll go in here, and like I was, dude. If I if I ever felt out of water in Destiny PvP when I was starting out, I felt twenty times out of water in Final Fantasy fourteen PvP. There's like thirty people running around on your team. Mm-hmm. Your your I don't know how it works in your game, but the skill bars are all set to a limited amount of, of abilities. Yeah, they only allow they only allow you your certain skills, skills just for PvP. So you have to kind of like readjust your keybinds. Um, now I use the same bars the that I the, I use the same, but right now I'm using the same PvP build in PvP, yeah. and I'm doing all okay, right. Yeah, it's, it's when, fine. I, when I load into this, they literally chop off like they give everyone the same bars. If oh, you're like wow. whatever class you are, like these are your PvP skills. And you play with them. Uh, well, um, the one thing I will tell you about this specific event, Mid-Year Mayhem. Um, so they have a post-level 50, like, you know, endgame thing where uh-huh. uh, the post-level 50 is called champion points. These were all non-champion point battlegrounds matches. So nobody who had who'd played longer than me could have an edge on me other than their gear. So ge- if you're wearing gear, you do get the gear benefits. But like... You know, if you played for four years longer than I have, you're not going to like be able to get the edge sure. in that respect. Yeah, Neo. So, um, yeah, I, I was going to bring up Final Fantasy, but I'll also bring up World of Warcraft because I played that pretty heavily years ago. Um, World of Warcraft had this division between PvP and PvE where they would actually have you like grind for sets of exclusively PvP gear, Same and thing. it offered it offered stats. I think at the time it was called Resilience. And resilience was literally an anti-player defense stat. So the better resilience gear you had, the better you could, you know, the better chance you had in PvP. As as well as you would also have to rethink about your skills that you would use in PvP. For example, um, you would rely heavily on stunning skills, re- like rely heavily on interrupts because you wanted to interrupt enemies, any players casting one hundred percent abilities. Um, that became a huge focus. And as a healer in PvP, um, uh, I was a druid, and they were considered like a hybrid class. Like you could switch between like DPS and healing. And I would find myself a lot of times doing like, okay, I'll damage, I'll, I'll use my tank form, switch to my healing form so I can provide support to the team. Because when your team falls, you're going to fall too. You want to have that big team push. Um, and a lot of that, and like it, you really rethink in MMOs, especially even in Star Wars: The Old Republic. When I played that, you have to rethink your play style and how you play. I don't play Destiny PvP enemies or I play against enemies in PvP the same way I do in PVE. Um, right. It's just a different mindset. You're playing against humans. You have to think about interrupts and stuns, and oh, I'm going to use my alt, my super to interrupt the enemy's push and. Like it's a whole different mindset you find yourself mm-hmm. in when you're going up against yeah, players. Sh- shock, um, shock is the the shock elemental is the big stunning elemental in Elder Scrolls Online, and the build that I ended up looking up is an emphasis on shock damage because that's exactly yeah. what happens. You shock the people, you, and and they immediately can't do anything, and they're you know they're and that's yeah, how I, I was mean, able to get people. A, so <laughs> after you after you tweak your build to be very PvP suited in this case with your your shock build. You're going to try and figure out ways to use your skills to, you know, throw uh, the enemy team or enemy players off balance. Yep. Because um, you're going to want to get that edge on them to be able to keep them stunned or stun locking them or whatever it takes in uh, in Elder Scrolls to get that edge on a player. 
And they're going to do it to you because you're going to recognize it when they do it to you. And it probably is going to happen a lot. It's and been happening it's a lot. As fuck. <laughs> yeah. um, but I don't want to talk all night about this. I, I just wanted to – I knew you guys would be a little interested, more interested in this because you guys are into PvP in your respective games. So I just wanted to bring it up just to let you guys know that I got a chance to try it. I did also try one other PvP game mode, which is called uh, Cyrodiil, which is the, the battle systems for like an epic battle where you build like trebuchets and shit. And I'm just like, I'm not I'm going gone. into that because I didn't like really explore it further, but it's in a whole other insane portion of the game, which simulates the battle for Cyrodiil where you can actually mm-hmm. build trebuchets and repair yeah. walls and like all this like weird if I was, medieval canopy. Yeah. Like shit. If I was very deep into Elder Scrolls lore, I'm sure I would love that concept. Dude, mm. like I, I didn't realize how vast the mechanics were of it. Like it's crazy. You got to take points, mm. and like it, it was nuts. Um, but uh, yeah, we can move on. Um, the the other Who's one next? thing, the one oh, thing that yeah. I started today that I'll talk about next week further is the Fallout update came out, which changed a lot of mechanics. But I'll yeah, definitely talk. I'll talk yeah, about that next week. I only started. Play- <laughs> it came out today. I only started playing it today, so I, I gotta I gotta play it a little bit further. I gotta play the story. And, and I'll talk about that next week. So yeah, nice. All right, who's next? Um, I guess I'll I can go. go. All right, go ahead. Go. Go. It doesn't oh. matter. Oh. I'm, I mean, oh. I'm pretty. I'm pretty quick. Oh. I just have a few things I want to hit. How much so, time was that? Uh, long? How many minutes? Uh, long. I can. <laughs> um, but we did. We did ask you questions, so that's not your yeah, fault. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't talk for those that straight amount of minutes. But we do need to save some time, so we're going to go fast here. Cool. Um, a few. A few quick things. Um. I got to mess around with Apple Arcade a little bit more, and I started Oceanhorn on my Apple TV. Nice, um, nice, nice. Which was uh, surprisingly good. Like I know Oceanhorn has gotten the first one had gotten a lot of positive uh, reviews and was super popular, but playing it on my Apple TV with a PlayStation Four controller, playing it on my big screen. If I didn't know any better, I wouldn't know that it was a Apple TV OS or like an iOS game. Like I, yeah. I would imagine mm-hmm. that being a Switch title or maybe an indie PlayStation title. Sorry, repeat um, the title. Sorry, I missed that. I was Ocean Horn. Oh, Ocean Horn. Got it. Got it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know um, it really well. It's the only. It's the only Apple Arcade that I pl- title that I played besides Oregon Trail, which the New Age Oregon Trail is also s- very it's good. Really Dude, good. I, tr- I tried it very too. Good. Yeah, it's very that that I've been playing on my phone, but yeah, um, yeah, I just wanted to call out that I think Apple Arcade has some value there. And if they keep expanding the offerings, it's definitely worth the monthly charge to have Apple Arcade. Have you tried the builder journey, the Lego builder journey? I haven't tried it with my son yet, but I've I've heard things. I've heard things. Yeah, it's a a magical experience. Yeah, I want to. I, I think he's still a little too young for it. Um, but I haven't, but it's, I have it downloaded and it's on the Apple TV. I haven't just launched it and played with it yet. I think I want to mess around with it first. Yeah. Um, before I, before I showcase it to him, that way I'm not trying to learn it like with him. Like I'm right, right, right. have some ancillary knowledge, but I th- uh, ocean Horn was great. I, I definitely didn't play a ton of it, but the, the time that I had with it, like I said, it was, it was super fun. Uh, definitely a nice casual game to play on the couch. That's, that's for sure. Honestly, the the kind of, I because I, I I also have Apple Arcade as well. I don't have an Apple TV, but on my iPad, I think Apple Arcade's potential is really huge. Mm-hmm. If they got some like mainstream, well known titles, on they're that starting thing, to like they're starting to. If if you if you throw like Hollow Knight or something like like a cool like Switch like experience that yeah. that we'd like going to Switch for, 
on an Apple arcade, you have a yeah. cool ecosystem. Imagine they put dead cells on there. That's like perfect. Yeah. And then you take they your have, save they, file on your yeah. phone, right? And like mm-hmm. you put it on your TV mm-hmm. when you're back home. Like that's a perfect experience. Like, like the switch offers that, but in one device, Apple, you already have Apple devices in your house. If you're an Apple user. Yeah. I, I think they, they, they definitely don't have, there's, there's a good library there, but a lot of them still feel like, like iOS mobile games right. versus right. like a more a more like traditional gaming experience but there's still value for like the traditional mobile games and still having apple arcade and saying okay i'm going to get all of these traditional mobile games for this amount of money a month because like even one of them could cost how much it costs you to get apple arcade each month but i think i think you're right that to get more wide stream exposure get more maybe more traditional gamers involved with the platform something like a dead cells or a hollow Knight's a great example or ori or something like that mm-hmm. that would be would be would fit on that platform and would be something that someone's also used to playing on pc or console or, or something like that um because when i was looking for titles there wasn't there wasn't a lot of big like meaty juicy titles available like you only really had a handful to choose from an ocean horn you know being one of them of course that's, yeah that's one of uh, what were we gonna say trip the uh, I'm I'm glad to hear that you had that experience with Oceanhorn. Um, I played Oceanhorn a couple of years ago um, for free, which a couple of us may have also had the opportunity yep. to possibly do. Um, <laughs> but at that time, it it played like an iOS game, and that's always what's so tough for me mm. about like mobile games. Like the the game hasn't changed the the first entry in the series at least hasn't changed in in the years between that but like the difference that you had being able to subscribe to the service uh use and connect a controller you already had and were comfortable with and have a great experience on your home tv is right. huge mm-hmm. as opposed to like making sense of screen controls for a zelda clone like i play this and i was like this thousand is percent kind of thousand. cool i love this i would rather spend my time somewhere else but great for them is my was my overall vibe i would right? you're right you're right i would never play that game on my iphone i would never do it thousand percent but like picking it up with the playstation controller and turning it on on my tv you know like it didn't feel any different than like picking up my playstation and and turning on right exactly other and i'm sure too. i'm sure i would rip through that game if, if i played it anywhere near a traditional input method right Right. So, and, and I think there's probably vast improvements that have been made from one to two. Oh, yeah. I do. Yeah, I do sure. remember one feeling very much like it was trying to break the mold of an iOS game, but like it didn't know how to do that. Shit. Right. I, bu- right. I bought that there game on Switch. That had, my Switch. It had to do, you know. You yeah. played Ocean. You were playing Ocean Horn. Ocean Horn. I was playing two. two. I was playing two. And yeah, yeah. You, so you were not playing the uh, the uh, the Chronos uh, version. Did you see I was that? not. No, I downloaded both. I downloaded I, both. I, th- I thought that, that that was the one that I was recommending you try because, like, I, I don't know if you were on the show when I recommended that, but I was thinking of you when I saw that. I was like, Locke would probably want to download this because it, it reminds me a lot of uh, the original Legend of Zelda, the way it's designed. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's like the, 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 um, yeah, it's it's very much like a traditional like NES. SNES yeah, Ocean, Ocean Horn One was like the top down like 3D ish Zelda clone that they did. You know that was and two yeah, and was two, like two's, yeah. two's the same way. It's just the gra- mm. I mean the graphics on it are insane. 
Dude, yeah, I mean, they, they were, were back then too. Yeah, yeah, like two, like the two, like the the lighting and the world in two is is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't, you truly wouldn't know that you're playing it on an Apple TV, um, which is saying something about the platform that that Apple, you know, that they're creating this this on. Absolutely, yeah, iOS. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to hit on was just um, just shout out that uh, I've really been going hard at streaming again which has been yeah really you cool. have you have been. yeah i have been um which has been really cool um and uh i think i'm uh sub number one just want to call it out yeah i was i was it. i was gonna shout it out that i had market, um market on the show <laughs> the last time that i streamed was my first affiliate stream and uh trip zero dropped in and was the first sub of the channel mr trip zero Ooh. so that's most mm-hmm. most appreciated and and the uh the community at large you know rolled through on that first stream and um it was super successful and it was a lot of fun. And um, yeah, I've just been, I've just been having a lot of fun with it um, and being able to do it again. So uh, just a shout out to everybody that helped troubleshoot. Like we had a impromptu midday, like troubleshoot session that I was having with like a lot of people like diamond was in there and puck and trip and Andy. That was the, yeah, that was the um, iron banner random stack at 2 p.m. Yeah, we like just randomly at 2 o'clock had six people that were like running stacks of PvP and, and Destiny <laughs> randomly, but also <laughs> troubleshooting my stream. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was, it's been awesome and I've I've been having a lot of fun and I just wanted to call that out because there was a long time where there, I wasn't man. streaming, so um, so yeah, yeah, so now at the end of the show I can actually plug a uh, a channel and not just a Twitter, but outside exactly. of that, just the, the normal, the normal games the, the, uh the destinies, the war zones, you know, all that. There's a lot of games that I downloaded on the Steam sale that I'm going to be streaming in the near future. Nice. Uh, that I'm super nice. excited about. I have two two titles that I'm very excited about, which is Firewatch and Undertale, which I'm going to be streaming. Cool. Um, so hopefully I'll be sharing those in, in the near future. But um, I do yes, want to say this now on the show because Locke will not say this about himself. Um, if you're out there and you haven't ever watched him play, he's the streamer you're going to watch because you're going to watch him destroy an entire fucking enemy team. I have no idea how he did it. This man doesn't have to worry about building a community. This man is not there like, we're here for the fun. This man's here for the head click heads. And, click heads. And if you want just insane gaming. Thank you, sir. The man has it passively and is a great conversationalist as well. He's chill. Not screaming his head off. Whatever you whatever you want about gamer, streamer, channels, he's the best of the best. In terms of skill, so sign up. Come through. Concur. Here, here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The rest of us got to worry about like, let's fucking have a cool community. Let's fucking play through these story (laughs) games. Here's the thing, though. Let's do the Resident Evil series. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. No, no, I know, I know. Here is the problem, though. But here is the problem, though. mm -hmm. Well, all of those things are great, and I and I greatly appreciate it. But it has it has caused me to think about coming back to streaming some ways to to foster that because there are vastly better people at clicking heads than me i'm an old man and you're right so like that that like so lane of streamer is like there's a lot of churn there's a lot of churn because you're in it for like the insane skill and if you don't meet someone's skill level they're out because they're looking for that that right that dialed in exact amount you know so it's a whole different game in terms of like it is. Who's going to be watching you and who to target, essentially? Yeah, I think I think for me, I think the one thing that I want to get out of out of streaming um, 
is I just want to pass down information that I have that I take maybe for granted about the way that I analyze like PVP in general for all mm-hmm. games and do my best to kind of share that in the moment as as I play. And I think that's something that I need to get better at as like a content creator is how do I like extrapolate my thought process while I'm doing it and like educate while it's happening. And I think that's sure. something that I'm trying not to maybe do as a YouTube video later, but like live, like in the, this in is, the moment, this yeah. is why I'm doing the things that I'm doing as I'm moving around a map or as I'm Locks, handling an engagement, streams, you know, um, it's honestly, I think that's the, that's yeah. the lane that I want to be, be honest, man. I don't, I can't think of any like first person shooter player streamer that does that. Um, there, like, I know I've seen it in some other, like, areas of uh, of twitch like i followed some hearthstone streamers back in the day they were very methodical about their thought process but even that was like one person out of the majority of, of, of players, right and like yeah. that's way easier than a first person game because you have time in your mm-hmm. turn to plan your move execute explain lay your cards whatever right um it's hectic in the moment to like you know have to call out to your team figure out what you're doing and also explain what you did thousand percent but people don't people don't man no one no one really does that they just i mean i think the stereotype is like the the most insane just stone cold killer streamer dead silent just yeah elbows on elbows on knees face like super close (laughs) to the monitor yeah yes yeah yeah that's it that's the stereotype it's been great so anyone that's listening to the podcast that stopped by the stream over the past two weeks since we've been gone that's really what it's been is is the past like two to three weeks that i've been streaming is uh is greatly appreciated and more streams coming soon so uh appreciate you all uh neo or trip yeah what do you guys got um yeah i'll I'll go i'll go real quick um so i picked up some games on steam sale as well but i decided that i need to finish the games that i started first there you go (laughs) i'm having a problem with that right so yeah. Over the weekend, I play a lot of uh, play a lot of Destiny. I'm back in the Destiny with you guys. Um, I got to do Vault of Glass with uh, how was tripping the boys? Was um, it was good. I literally got my ass carried through that shit. Like you guys were like, Trip was like, dude, okay, Neo, this is dude, where you're standing. This is what you're I, doing. I do have to say, yeah, uh, because I watched um friend of the podcast Diamond Jab. Uh, he took another member of the community through the Vault of Glass who was uh, on the exact same uh, power delta that you were. So like, yeah, I was, I was pretty couple, underpowered. Yeah. A couple levels under, but like in the same power bracket, you guys were living in the same place. I can tell you, you were doing 80% more than they were and actually being effective and helping the team as opposed to the stream I saw where that was, uh, that was, that was a carry. I never watched Dude. a carry harder in my life. Than that stream, you were look, an effective member of the team, <laughs> even though you were getting hit harder than any of us. Yeah, you would. Yeah. It felt for you like it would have felt for a day one team, essentially. Sure, but I had I had the benefit of you guys with your your builds and your your strength and your oh for your, sure for sure your, like your roll me, your guns with your sweet rolls and I, I had none you. of that. I let me none assure of you. Let me assure you. Uh, when I say you were you were actually effective, the other person was hiding during encounters. So you were oh. you were yes, you were actually doing oh. an effective <laughs> yes. role on the team. So, so um, don't feel bad about about your run. You you were you were, uh, performed admirably. You know what was really weird about going through Vault of Glass again? It hmm. literally all flooded back to me the moment when yeah. we were in it. 
I know like, it does I that. Remember it's in a weird way. Doing the run through all like the little you know the uh, the stealth section and um, shooting like the oracles and at the end going through the um, like I like I think that's probably why it was easier for me maybe because I was like oh yeah I remember doing this part and I could I could keep up a little bit better so that's, you that's probably kind of like you. like sensory memory for the yeah. space and everything like everything was I think identical in terms of like the spacing of the zones yeah more or, or less it was short, it up shorter than I remembered definitely shorter maybe because we flew through that no, we just we just gamed out of our mind yeah yeah, was. yeah was gamer like but um I downloaded uh Battlefield 5 uh, that was like ten dollars on Steam sale, so I was like, you know what? I'm literally looking at it right now. I just opened. <laughs> I'll check it out. See when Steam sale was ending. Before, before we went live, I was playing. I played around, and you know what? Battlefield plays really well. It feels good to play. Um, I wish it had the Battlefield four and three like systems to it mm. that I miss. Um, but they did a bunch of cool stuff in Battlefield five. Like you have like a health pack on you to instantly like regenerate your health. Um, there's there's a few other like quality of life things that they throw in there to make it a little bit easier. Um, you can res your own squad mates. You it's really e- like even if you're not a medic, like it, it, it's cool. They, they focus you a little bit deeper with um, each class that you pick. Um, I've, I've only played like I've, I don't know. I played it like uh, for like two days over the long weekend. But honestly, it's it's good. It's it's a game I like to hop in, play play a few rounds, shoot you know, get in some war games, and then hop out like. Uh, that's right, good. right. Um, yeah, Battlefield. I can't. I honestly can't wait for the new one. I truly can't. I, I'm very excited. I I think I want to wait closer to release to see what you know the server sure. situation is going to be like. Of course, they're touting like what 128 player matches. Like I don't think they've ever released a Battlefield game that didn't tank within the first in 20, launch 48 yeah. hours. It, yeah, it's yeah. so definitely Funny. in. I'm definitely in, but I, I gotta cautiously be in. Of course. of course. Fun fact yeah. about about those lobbies. Um, in one of the early stories I was looking at for the first daily reset on Monday, um, uh, a lot came out about Battlefield 2042's use of uh, AI characters to fill lobbies if they mm. can't get 128 actual players mm. fast enough. So interesting. Um, the experience is obviously going to be on like matchmaking, getting into games quickly. Um, so there will probably be a lot of instances where you are not in full human 128 character lobbies. So Titanfall, like I know Titanfall is a, a very lower amount of players per match, but they did something similar. Um, they filled the matches with AI to make the fight seem bigger and it made it feel like you're in a larger battle than you were really in. Mm-hmm. Um, the AI enemies were no threat. So like, maybe this could work this is this totally be a thing totally maybe. be a thing um maybe. um i do plan on platinuming ration and clank i'm very close to the end of that i'm gonna do that um i still haven't beaten returnal unfortunately i, I that's the game punched me in the face and i'm like kind of mad at it right now so i'll go back to it eventually and uh, sounds like i also like i know um i also purchased uh the near remake so near reincarnation, I think. And oh, near right, 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 right. Um, yeah, the original I, one, yeah. So I'm going to play that. Um, and Resident Evil Village. So I'm like, whew, I want to say I'm like a third into Resident Evil Village. Um, I haven't played that since because I was doing that on stream. So I want to uh, be streaming that. Um, right, right. And my brain is just like tied. It's tied it to that. So um, I am going to have more free time to stream more. So... I'm probably going to try and do a lot of this on stream. Uh, Not Ratchet and Clank, because I want to play that in 4K in my living room. So 
I heard that that game looks yeah. incredible. Yeah. Dude, Same. it is out of control how good that like I know people do like oh it's a Pixar uh movie game a lot, but man, that game looks Pixar slaps. That's not a that's not a Yeah, Pixar disc, looks honestly. Yeah, like what? Yeah. Like Pixar makes the most insane no, no, no. animation I mean, ever. So I'm anyone, just saying yeah. people people are drawing that comparison a lot. It's a very common comparison uh, that people are making. But sure. like it really legit looks amazing. And right. all the tech that they're employing with these this dimensional shifting that happens, it it's just like a, a really cool experience. And um yeah, I really need to I really need to just dive in and finish that too. Um I got a lot of games on my plate, so hopefully no other games. I need a games game schedule releases. I need you to chill for a hot minute. I need to I need to finish what I'm doing before I can, can you know get on to the next thing. So please hold your horses. Delay your games, please. Um, that's about it that's what i'm working on right now uh trip um i will keep this i promise you super 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 brief um i've had a lot of fun playing pvp with lock and crow and jesus or sorry lock and crow jesus christ lock and key (laughs) and jesus crow in destiny 2 trials we've been popping in random weekends doing some games um it's a tough uphill battle there's cheaters there's uh a tough meta to fight up against um and then there's me who is not on the level of those boys but working every day to get there but it's been fun and it's definitely kindled a fire in me to be even even better um and those two helped me years ago when the only goal was to get 2100 in your glory score in competitive to get certain guns uh so there's been a lot of improvement since then and a lot to go but I'm, i've been having a lot of a lot of fun clicking i hope in a, in a more serious matter I hope you know that uh, Crow and I have have texted back and forth, and we've already set the goal that we're going to get to fifty five hundred this season. Oh shit! Yeah, we're going to do us. We're going to fucking do it, boys. I, sorry if it. I interject quickly. I would love to get in the level uh, power delta, the power delta, to join you guys and get some hardcore PvP in. I got to get. Well, gotta, you know, for some... for for competitive, there is no there is no delta. Yeah, it's uh, all okay. there's, there's it's all there's no. Um, you, wait, you said trials. But there's trials. trials yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, that's right. I mean. That's yeah. what that's what I'm talking about. That's oh, you want to play trials? Yeah, yeah. Got you. Got you. Yeah, I want to play. I want to fucking get sweaty with you guys. Let's fucking <laughs> Dude, do it. Listen, I want to fucking bro. go. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, yeah. Um, Sorry. Continue. Continue. Okay. The, the other thing is that um, if you if you know, I've been playing the Resident Evil series full all the way through, uh, one through eight, one, two, three, four, five, seven, and eight, like God intended. Six never. <laughs> um, finally made it. Two eight, and I played Damn. Uh, entirely on uh, on Tuesday. Monday was a power washing day. I've been power washing simulator between the the games, you know, as a as a chill palate cleanser. Fantastic experience. Power washing things is great. Eight is so much fun. I was blown away by how much I'm enjoying the experience of eight in all its wackiness, in all of its odd difficulty. Um, um, I'll probably be able to talk more about the Resident Evil series as a whole when uh, more when I'm done, first of all, and more when we have more time to really kind of dive in when we don't want to talk about so many other things. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm in I'm in this 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 pathway. I've hit eight and I'm having an incredible time. Like, I can't wait to get back there. I yeah. have a few questions, I have a few questions for you. One, if we can both finish I mean, you, you, you've been crushing these games like, God damn, I can't believe you're already on eight. Um, if we can finish eight at a similar time frame, would you consider doing a spoiler cast? I won't consider it. I will do it. Okay, cool. 
And then let me ask you initial. <laughs> perfect. Answer, answer. I got my answer. Perfect. Uh, second question. Now, I really loved Seven. I loved the the intensity they put on the horror and the psychological horror in that mm-hmm. game. Yes. Um, I thought it was a great return to the Resident Evil series, right? Which is sure. what they did. Yeah. Um, eight. I don't know how how I don't know how far you are in eight so far. Um, let's just say uh, Lady Dimiscu's castle completion. Sure. Dimitrescu. Right. Dimitri- thank you. Let's, let's get um, the French right. Lady, Lady sure. D. Lady, Lady D. Sure. Call her Lady D. Sure. Sure. Um, th- and I've noticed already that they've kind of pulled back on on that hard horror that they that they went to. Re seven is horrifying. 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 And they na- they nail it. I think. Re eight is like an adult version of the haunted mansion at Disney. <laughs> Holy shit! Yes. Holy I shit! Yes. I can't take credit for that call, but that's the perfect call and, for that game. I mean, just just spoilers for like the first part of the game. The fucking shit they do to your character's hands is out of control. That's comical. Yeah, it's it's comical, right? Like you you go, oh god, I can't believe they just did that, and then you're like, how is how is he still using these it's gross these, his, but it's, it's his digits? Yeah, still right, right, yeah. right. But there were moments in seven where things happened to Ethan Winter's hands, and then like in eight, I mean, he's losing whole sides of his hands. He's getting losing just whole wrists to certain and, and then he just, and then just, just like reattaches it you're like cool i can hold a gun again sweet you know like no, just pour some healing juice on it and you're fine <laughs> healing yeah, right. juice that's all it is this is what you do you just yeah. I, do you think that's, that's because do you think that's because the 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 horror of seven is just not as mass appealing as something so like, like it's a great the devel- so the developers actually said something about this they they decided to pull back on that a little bit so they can more widely get people right. in into it a little bit be- easier because seven is by far like horror. Like it is. Well, just, yeah, I, I, I've yeah. lurked in a few of trips streams and there's a very like stark difference between the vibe of seven mm-hmm. and then watching eight, right? Mm-hmm. Like eight very much feels like it, it feels like a, a more traditional resident evil did. You know, I feel yeah. like one in I feel like the first couple were 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 scary because of what they were at the time versus like going back and playing them now. And I feel like eight feels very similar to that, that there are some like horror things happening, but it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like a horror game. There's like not a constant did. pressure and there's not environments that I'm in. In eight that I was in in seven where I was just like non-stop oppressed and anxious mm-hmm. and right. Right. just fearful and like the shit that pops out of you pops out at you in seven is nowhere near what happens in eight eight is more of like it's like theater you yeah. Know? yeah 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 like i saw the i saw the ads that you were fighting when was it yeah. last night or when, when, yeah. when did you play eight last was it yep. yeah last, last night, night. Mm-hmm. like and like yeah they're like creepy but like they're not you know, they're, not, they're just they're just like it seemed like some chick in a in a in a black gown that you could right, you know what I mean? Like right, it just right. like it doesn't is it like it's not like a right. there's like less of a threatening feeling to yeah for the sure situation um for sure in seven you're you're getting chased by this old you know this family and you feel you feel like the pressure of this this it's man the same, yeah busting through walls on you you know what I mean like that was like that was terrifying. It's the same thing that made Outlast terrifying. Like Outlast mm-hmm. is such a simple game, but the reason 
why it was terrifying is because from start to finish, you never, ever didn't feel like there was literally something behind you physically outside of the game that you were being chased as a person. Like it did a incredible job of constant state of anxiety. I haven't played seven. I've only watched a little bit of it, but I can say that if it's anything like outlast, like I get that feeling where for probably after the first, like 20 minutes where they set up the game from then on out, there is until you complete the game, you never feel like you you're not anxious and being chased like that feeling like when you're when you're walking up the steps or running up the steps and you feel like something's behind you like in yeah. real life like yeah. like that that mm-hmm. feeling of like something's there it's that constant feeling for the length of the game yeah mm-hmm. so yeah it's 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 stressful stark it's difference good. between the two seven and eight i mean specifically right um but i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying it a lot it's it's fun it's like a fun like I'll put it this way, I'm glad that my series run is going to end on a vibe like this. Mm. Well, now you got to do the Revelations games. Gotta, I, gotta, I will gotta never. Do- you can watch Kevin <laughs> stream for those. <laughs> I will never. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Nice. I'm, I'm sure that's- I'll have more of a Resident Evil series recap because uh, ups and downs does not begin. Describe the journey Capcom has put that series through. So, yeah, I, mean, I want to ask. I'm sure I, you I definitely have now. You definitely are going to have a uh, a hell of a perspective playing Did them you? all. I know you want to ask wait, me wait. now, Neo, but we 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 are we have 52 go. minutes right now. We, we gotta go. oh, talk God. about something else. Yeah, yeah, we have to go. <laughs> Do it. Let's move on to this. Move on to for the full perspective. Yeah, love it. Um, so what are we packing? What are we unpacking tonight? Uh, main topic today is uh, Jason Schreier early in the morning, as he tends to do, broke a news story about the future of Assassin's Creed and mm-hmm. what he found in his in his reporting was they uh, Ubisoft Montreal are and Quebec are teaming up to create a Assassin's Creed Infinity, which is poised to be a live service style Assassin's Creed game to have multiple settings and kind of be an experience that kind of builds on itself rather than release um, you know multiple titles with different settings over the course of years Um, and he points this out at the same time as pointing out that the people that were reported on last year about the uh, abuse allegations that have been going on in in Ubisoft's uh, company um are still in power and still running running the show and yves gilman playing playing dumb all the wiser for whatever reason it's it's a very strange situation that nothing has happened in that regards so we got two coins to this two sides of the coin to this story we have what assassin's creed is going to be doing for the future and um, of course felix i'd love to hear as the assassin's creed dude of the podcast I'd sounds love to really hear, cool to be honest with you it sounds great I had a a feeling you would say that, but it also sounds like I'm not a fan of the series and I think that sounds great, but it also sounds like another service game that I can't afford. You're excited too. Yes. Oh my God. I think this sounds awful. (laughs) I think honestly, I don't, I don't think another, I don't think you could name another IP that wouldn't benefit. That would benefit more than Assassin's Creed for this. (sighs) I mean, look, you're not wrong, but these games are already like hundreds of hours. Uh, like the new ones, like Odyssey and Origins and Valhalla, like 
these these games have only gotten longer in time. And I mean, look from from our from me talking about the games I'm playing, like I ain't got time for that shit, man. I there's I want to get in and out of a game. Like I want Resident Evil Eight to end. I want Ratchet to show me the conclusion and the horizon. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, I want to. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think that means that you then need to come to the realization that Assassin's Creed is no longer for you. It's no longer for me, and, right? I, and that's okay. And I, and I, and yeah, and I think that's just like it comes down to the same thing where like I can only play one live service title, and that is Destiny for me. Like I, I right. tried to juggle Division and Destiny, and I couldn't do two. Right, so like mm-hmm. I put the one that I cared about more. I think I just think like as an IP, Assassin's Creed could be super successful in saying we're going to create a platform that's ever evolving and you'll buy expansions based off of time frame and setting versus having to buy a title each year. I think it, right. I think it might be better for the studio and the developers overall to create it as a live service platform versus individual games. What were you going to say, Trip? I could write an essay on how good this is for Assassin's Creed as a concept. Um, I, well, sell, sell me on like, let's pretend I'm sure not sure. this time constrained sure. person. And I love I these you. games. I got you. Yeah. First of all, we'll hit the time constraint. Um, if they're planning a live service, expanding platform, it will take a lot of your time probably. So you'll, you'll have to decide if this is the universe you want to spend your time in. Um, but what's encouraging to me is that in a lot of these universes, whether it's destiny, whether it's the division, whether it's, um, you know, uh, this is a current example, um, Avengers or um, Outlast, um, Rip Anthem, you know, whatever the case may be. You you go in there and you have this person, this character that you play, that you grow with as you do your, your story progression. But you're in there for very kind of quick sections of gameplay. You know, like you you play a mission, you play a dungeon, you play a strike, you play whatever you want to call it. And you get your rewards and your back end and you're growing your character in some way. Um, if they're using that formula, it works really well for Assassin's Creed because you will already inherently tone down the time the player needs to spend in a world and the developers need to spend building out a world. So that's a win-win. Mm-hmm. Um, the report by Schreier did say that there's going to be, uh, idealistically, experiences of different sizes. So... Um, they could also innovate on the idea of a service game and have longer form missions or campaigns that you do while also maintaining the same character. Um, I think it'd be great if they did do that and didn't just rely on the fact that like you're one person loading into a lobby of an event to do the thing, then to come back with your loot and grow. I think it'd be great to go in a different direction. Um, but this also fits in with the Assassin's Creed lore um, and if you're not aware of the lore, it's uh, a person exploring uh, their ancestors' literal memories through an in-game MacGuffin of using their DNA um, to uncover modern-day plots of power grabbing and control and everything else by this centuries-old um, battle between the Templar Knights and the uh, Assassin Order. Um, there's an in-game storyline where there is an entertainment company called Abstergo Entertainment, which is putting out the games that Assassin's Creed is putting out. Like, there's a pirate game that Abstergo puts out. There's a French exploration game. I that, do, lo- that, I do love that, that. They put out. So when you're playing the newer-ish games, you're playing this meta conversation where you are inside of the world, experiencing the game, 
through the lens of the bad guys, the Abstergo guys who are trying to have players data mine content so they can find the same things the assassins are looking for. So this idea of like hopping into different experiences in an iterative way is built directly into the story and works as a concept right off the bat for a live service game. So to me, there are so many levels that this hits on that it just makes completely perfect sense. Yeah, the the one thing that I would say also, which you know, it really depends on execution, right? So like that, you know, in theory, sounds great. I think I I would play that game if it did the week over week storytelling that Destiny's currently doing, because I think that could be really cool. In like a bite size, we're going to Egypt. Here's your four week story arc around Egypt that. You know, every week you have a new mission, one dialogue, right? Like Agreed. that would we're interest look, we're looking me for this thing. We're here. We're doing right. this. Let's get and in then. Here. Yeah. And then if I pay for that in like I buy base game and then that's like a $10 monthly charge or something, whatever. And then I don't do anything else. Like I don't I'm not the type of person that would then fall into the 90 other hours worth of content right. that they offer. But then I get this very focused, tunneled, here's your story. In this experience, which, you like Egypt. You want to go to Egypt. Here's your Egypt experience. And you play that. Thousand and percent. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, what, what the games struggle with, at least from my perspective, and, and it happened with Valhalla, and ultimately why I've, why I've fallen out of it is because it is easy to get sidetracked. And it is easy to, like, fall off of the main story mission. And... In most of these games, I the thread almost of the story. You do. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's something like I do like exploring. I do like side missions. But like. In in most cases, for me, main arc is what keeps me or, or at least hooks me and keeps me engaged. And then, yeah, I might explore a little bit. But like if I don't get hooked on main story arc it's going to lose me eventually. And that's what happens with Assassin's Creed games or any game of that size is like I don't get hooked in what the story they're trying to to describe to me because there is so much extra stuff to do yeah where if it was very guided to say like destiny does it here's your three things for this week's story here's the the cut scene here's the 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 text lore um Mm -hmm. we'll see you next week and you either leave you either leave or you stay and you do the other stuff that they offer you and i would be the type of person that would leave and just come back and tune in next week i would actually love that yeah you know watch the episode um, catch it next week thousand percent what were you gonna say felix uh this isn't the first time that i've heard this structure being mentioned through clickbait articles um the second game that i heard or i was looking at a clickbait article about uh was the rumors about grand theft auto 6 mm-hmm. like there's there's rumors that that's going to come out in 2025 and that mm-hmm. it's going to come out instantly as a service game, similar to GTA Five, in with the exception of one difference. The GTA Five is a static map that doesn't change, right? And GTA Six is going to be this is how it starts. This is where you'll go. Right? Yeah, very very which, Fortnite influenced. Which is yeah. a, which is which, a journey. Which yeah. is what the Assassin's Creed like model looks like to me i think it's a this is where you start this is where you go which i think makes perfect sense for gta also right Uh, like because because because, honestly 
you can start them. I mean, the rumor is that they're going to start in Miami again, Vice City, do that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So you start in Vice City, and then you get a plane ticket. And where do you go? You fly to another city. And then this, the original city's still there, and now you have flight between two places. It's a whole different map that you can load into. Mm-hmm. God, that actually sounds pretty cool. Of, and to be honest that. with you, yeah. it's, it's not unlike the game I'm, I'm, I was talking about earlier that I'm currently playing. Elder Scrolls Online is doing that with Tamriel. Mm-hmm. Um, they started with oh, the, true. Right. They started with the right. base game. And over time, the DLC is just another province opening up for you to explore. And you go in, and things are familiar, but things are different. You know, like the music is slightly different. The bosses it's, that you're fighting are, are are different. There's a maybe the theme of vampires in this one region, and the next region you go into, it's like you're in a desert. You know, like and you're yeah, fighting, it's, fighting it's, a bunch of jinn. Uh, 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 you know, like go ahead. Yeah, it's it's almost like we're witnessing like the MMOifying of these like one single player games, right? Right. Um, G, for GTA, using them as an example, they saw a lot of success with their online platform. Like that thing is gangbusters, cash maker, right? Like that thing is out of control. Um, if they do that, like what you're saying, like with the ability to just hey fly to another city, and now you have a whole other playground to go into, just like if they do this with the Assassin's Creed. You know what? I'm coming around on the idea. You guys, you guys brought me back. Like you that is excel you. You did, and it's it's well because now I'm thinking it in the perspective of like how MMOs operate. Like uh, Final Fantasy does the same thing. Shadowbringers is a whole new area, right? Like that is a another extension to the story that I've already been playing. Like it's it's a part of it, and it's got a monthly fee. So like that is right. uh, that is already a thing that like I'm like oh my god, they're gonna nickel and dime me, right? Like that's that's like my whole. <laughs> The whole I, bullshit. Now I think. Oh, sorry. We we're going to say true. I was going to yeah. just to be fair. Assassin's Creed is already nickel and diming you. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent in a super aggressive way. I um, I have a huge so, problem with how those games respect my time as a player. Whereas F- Final Fantasy, although being very grindy, they keep offering me the story. Like the story is still driving me forward. The combat and the the raids and the experiences, and just like Locke just described. Valhalla just it constantly asks you to go off the beaten path and and now you're fucking around for three hours doing other menial tasks, right? Sorry, Trip, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I think if anything, this is this is a benefit to the player that wants Assassin's Creed, but also Ubisoft who wants to cash in and develop a game that makes them more money, right? I mean, it, they're it's all a business, so like we right. can't really fault them at the bottom line to want to try things to make themselves more money. Um, but I'm much more inclined to participate in a live service ongoing world for a franchise I like than, let's say, buying Assassin's Creed Odyssey and having them tell me you can't earn experience fast enough unless you pay ten dollars, which was an actual oh thing that they did. Right. Yeah. 100. Yep. Yeah. I think um, like the only the, one of the the fears that I have with it is like if they really lean into the FOMO aspect of the service titles where like. You as a player feel the feel the need to sink all of your time into it because you're going to miss out on whatever X thing, right? Right. Um, Because like, you know, yeah, maybe I would want to do a GTA style raid where we do a you know twelve man bank heist or a six man bank heist, or maybe I do want to do an Assassin's Creed style raid where you know whatever insert some 
cheeky yeah, fucking mega, cheeky. mega assassination plot something like yeah, that. Yeah, his historical fucking thing that happened mm-hmm. that is now a raid. Um <laughs> cool. maybe maybe I would want to do those things, but like I, I don't want to have to feel the force of independence together. That's all we're right, right. sign the paper and never done. <laughs> uh like if I want the game for the story beats, I want to be able to get that and not feel like I have to do all these other things. Right. And right. I think that's where the execution comes into play and whether they would or would not be successful. Cause the same thing goes for GTA. Like I would never do, I would never play GTA for all the reasons why people are playing GTA still to this day, but I would go in to play the same exact thing that I'm, that I said for, for Assassin's Creed, I would go in to do a week over week beat that then led me to a new place that I would then do a week over week beat to then lead me to a new place that sounds fucking fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, but like if I have to do all of these like other stupid things within the game to be able to do a story mission to then get a cutscene, then, then they've lost me. Right? right. Like that, uh, that carrot on the stick type like mentality to keep players in your game, um, which is a very real possibility that they would do uh, because we've seen destiny do it. I think yeah. this season in destiny has been the best week over week storytelling that they've ever done. Um, I'm having a great time. And it's very, uh, it is very hands off in terms of like what you uh, need to do in terms of progressing. Yeah. Yeah, You don't have to do much in terms of, to progress the story. Uh, The storytelling itself, both cutscene, written and voice acting is some of the best they've ever done. Um, And it's one of the few story beats that have engaged me in destiny over the life of the series. Realistically, there's only yep. been a few arcs that have caught my attention that I haven't just done and put in the background as I played the game. Right. Um, so, you know, if if the studios can look at Bungie and what they're doing and mimic that in their own product and maybe innovate even further, I think it, both of those things could be wildly successful and they would definitely get my money. Um, but we've also seen utter failures in live service games. And I don't, you know... Uh, it's it's. I think it's a it's a moving target that's very hard to well, hit. At this um, point, Ubisoft has had a lot of practice at this point. So yeah, but they've had a lot of practice, and I don't think they've had much success, even though they've had a lot of practice. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I think Rockstar is maybe a little bit better suited to hit the mark than Ubisoft would be. But, um, but if if the rumors are true and we won't get a GTA Six live service title till twenty twenty five. They have plenty yeah. of time to, to work out the details. They do, but again, right. that's those are those are rumors. Um, yeah, it's super interesting. Um, but you have to think that if Ubisoft were to really do this, they have to lean into how they they make a lot of money off the game. Mm-hmm. You know, a studio switching from a yearly release title where they're used to getting game sales and then they're used to getting everything else that that game DLC packages that of course come out through the life cycle of that year and then cosmetics and some of the other bullshit you know that they mm-hmm. tack on all of that lost revenue needs to be put into the live service game um and they need to recoup that cost um and probably increase their revenue because of having to run servers to host the game mm-hmm. um you know how they execute and make their money as a business which I can't fault them for but also giving us a product that we enjoy that's a really hard thing for anyone to do, let alone Ubisoft. So it's a balancing. Act, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think a lot of companies underestimate that balancing act. Like I know it's like, like our own community meme that we're so invested in the destiny 
side of things that we use right. that as mm-hmm. like a lens, you know, like pretty much exclusively. But again, look at how Bungie is handling the seasonality of Destiny, the um, live service-ness of Destiny. That's pretty much all they're doing. Up until this this past year, there have been no other Bungie products and or right. projects, I should say. And they're exclusively handling the growth and feedback and development cycle of Destiny. And there have been some great moments. There have been some shitty moments, but it, it has always involved a lot of community feedback, a lot of willingness to like to grow and change and iterate. Um, I think where a lot of these studios fail, um, we can use Anthem as an example, is that they feel like they can have as much of an engaging live service experience with the player base while also juggling other things or just putting something out and letting it live there. I think we have seen by how Bungie handles this um, that if you really want to excel in this space, you have to give it a lot more attention than what is traditionally thought for a game. Oh, 100%. You have to really make this like your project. It has to define you. And what we'll see is if you, is, is, is if Ubisoft is willing to let this define them because they've got a lot of franchises. They do. And they're going to want their point. studios to do a lot more work besides support a live service Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Felix, what are some things that you think uh, would be required for them to do as someone that's you've played, you've played, you play live service games. Now you've played yeah. destiny and other live service games. Like what are some things that you feel like they well, would need to marry between a single, like a single player version of Assassin's Creed? I, I can name an example right here um, from my own personal experience. So I was a big fan of Elder Scrolls Skyrim, right? Right. Um, a lot of us have played that. Many people have played that. So was Mr. Menti of the Fireside, the Fireside crew. When Elder Scrolls was coming down the pike, I had kind of talked to Neo a little bit about um, MMOs. I think I had studied them when I was in college. So I kind of had an idea, but I'd never grown up playing MMOs, so I didn't really know. But I knew that's what Elder Scrolls was going to be. And I was going to go into it with that expectation that, that the game might not be on the graphics level that Skyrim was on in terms of like the detail and things like that. Mr. Menti of the Fireside didn't know that. I had kind of talked to him at the job and I basically was like, you know, this, this is exciting. You know, you know how the game we played before was just Skyrim, the province of Skyrim. This is going to be all of Tamriel, like the entire continent. And I kind of hyped him up for it. He went out and bought Elder Scrolls about the time or maybe a little bit after I bought it. And I distinctly remember him coming me up to the job and going, why in the hell did you convince me to get that game? It's so fucking bad. And I'm like, <laughs> why is it bad? He's like, dude, it's graphics are nothing compared to Skyrim. Like the bow shooting doesn't feel like bow shooting. Like, why did you convince me to get this game? And I was like, because it was just more of the lore. It was more of the world. He's like, I don't give a shit about lore. <laughs> He's like, I just want to shoot the bow and have it feel like be a bow. And then, you know, in that moment, I realized that you can't just push. Like people aren't necessarily playing these games for the lore or just the, the you know, so Ubisoft is betting that, hey, we can make our Assassin's Creed games into a service. 
and take the current fan base that are already playing our games and shift them right over to this. Well, they can do that if they don't fucking degrade the quality of their game. And if it, you know, for instance, today, when I, when Neo came into my experience, I was running the thieves guild quest line in elder scrolls online. It's a piece of shit. Like it's nothing compared to what I've played in assassin's creed, like to be a thief or to be, to go through the mechanics that are in the Assassin's Creed world feels fluid. It feels great to like go in there, be an assassin, be a thief, steal stuff, all that stuff. It's clunky and shitty, and I get fucking caught every five fucking minutes by the guards, even though I have like max like hiding turned on. Like in the, in the, the, the people who are creating this, add, add, it's an add-on to something else, to a different product. It's right, not right. something that they put their all into making. And the... And the problem is the dilution that that the, the diluting of the original formula of an Assassin's Creed game could occur if they turn this into a service game. I mean, I felt that when I played that fucking Marvel's Avengers game, like that felt diluted and shitty and not like Avengers. And I was just like, I'm not playing this. I'm never playing. Yeah, this I game. mean, it, no, it's I a think good call out, dude. If I'm running yeah. around a world and I have to like stop and like click to interact with something, right? And then it like has an animation and like a little progress bar. Is it you know? casts the timer to do the thing and then the thing happens i'm like i'm out like it, it's an action game right it's got to have the fluidity of the if they can pull off the fluidity of what they did in the the core games in a service game and then they're going to knock it out of the park all those yeah. players will move mm-hmm. over if there's a subscription fee they'll fucking pay it they'll have a great time doing it but like you can't you cannot do what what Skyrim to Elder Scrolls did because like, yeah. they, they, you know, and when I play it now, I play it and I'm like, I don't give a fuck about the graphics. I'm like, I, you know, I now understand the meta of the game. Yeah. Okay. I'm pissed off at the thieves guild mechanics, but like, I don't expect the game to have those mechanics. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. I don't expect to be Assassin's Creed in fucking, you know, this, yeah. this game or even Elder Scrolls. I don't expect to be Elder Scrolls uh, five. And when Elder Scrolls six comes out, that that may be, you know, Menti's return to an Elder Scrolls game. But you know, like Elder Scrolls is, if you're going to ever play that Elder Scrolls Online game, you have to understand it's an MMO first, and then it's an Elder mm-hmm. Scrolls game second. You know, yeah, I think you you really good the, MMO. You bring up the the point. You just give more evidence to the point that Trip just made right before I asked you that right, question. That right. like. Like Bungie went all in on Destiny and there was nothing else, right? Yeah. Like I can Im- imagine that the studio at large for Elders for ESO was also working on other projects or didn't have all the resources that they probably wanted to, to work on the project. And then going and talking about Ubisoft, more importantly, they have way more than Assassin's Creed. So they have to juggle all of these other projects that they have, all of the other IPs, new IPs they want to make, all of these other things. We're only just getting rumors of Bungie creating new IP. Like, this year that they're creating new IP, that'll be coming out in the future. And de- and they've been working on Destiny for how many years? Going on a decade, right? So, like, it it's very hard to imagine. And Rockstar really only focusing on GTA. So... It's it's hard to focus. It's hard to see how Ubisoft could nail this with having to split their resources in so many different directions. 
Um, no, I think their to, main. To I know what they're I think, used to doing. I have an example of what their main challenge is going to be because I just started playing it today again because it came back. Fallout is a great example of a single player studio deciding to go like live or multiplayer. They, or they are a great whatever. example. Uh, yeah, Fallout seventy six is still to this day a. Fun game for me to play, but a trash heap. It is a trash right, heap right. of them not fixing <laughs> anything. Like, yeah. they were a single-player studio. They don't know what the fuck they're doing with online multiplayer or anything. And then they decide to do that, and they have to ask their brothers and sisters in the community to help them figure it out. And they're not – there's discommunication. Like, it's just – it's a mess. You're right. Like, every single – Jay Prince was saying today when we're playing the game, he's like, <laughs> it was, there was so many bucks. I would go up to a bench – and then I would literally freeze, right? If I froze and I could fast travel, I was good, right? If I froze and I was over-encumbered, I had to quit the entire game. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, wow. this is a new yeah. bug that was just created with today's patch. Now, I'm sure it's going to be patched in five days or whatever, or a week, or fucking yeah, three and, months. And, and like, or never. And are or happen. never. And, they might never yeah. Like, bugs are going to happen, but I think your point is, is, is legitimate, that yeah, the Fallout 76 experience uh, might be the closest to what this is going to be. What it could be. In terms of like a game that plays the same way, looks a very similar way, but all of a sudden is built now to be built upon and that people exist in with like one continuous character. So it's a good point. There's, yeah, there's, and, there's and, and, and that's why there to be excited about. There's things there to be very worried about. Um, I mean, Ubisoft has their work cut out for them in, in terms of the direction they want to take this in and uh, the standard of quality that they want to keep as well. I mean, we did that's a really good job of selling it and then now doing a really good job of being fearful of it. So, <laughs> no. Talking about the most optimistic this could possibly be and then like the absolute shittiest player experience you could get when well, they decide I, to I, just I, half-ass I, this. So I, who knows? I'm we saying four years, five years, I'm whatever saying it is. I'm it's a cool concept, but they, they need to not, they, they got to be careful with their quality. They got to keep they got to keep up the standard that they had with all of the single player games. Look, I they have bet to figure out they how are to make ecstatic. That. I bet they're ecstatic that Jason Schreier was about to drop this article so that they could come clean about it and they can spend the next four or five years collecting people's ideas and opinions about this and then making the game people want. Honestly, that's the biggest brain play. Crowdsource it, man. If someone actually engineered it. this. Yep. Yep. Because why would you not make the game people want to play? Yeah, and mm-hmm. all we're doing is talking about what we want out of this franchise. Mm-hmm. So they read Reddit, they listen to shows, they lo- they read posts, and they go, "Great idea! We're implementing that. We're making this happen." Mm-hmm. You know, be- I would hope, but a lot of times people sit in their own silos as well and pump out content. So who knows? But could potentially be a big brain long term play. Yeah, there's potential. All there's right. definitely potential there. All right, boys. I think it's time to wrap. Um, this is Lock and Key. You can find me on Twitter at Lock underscore Key. Uh, make sure that you follow me there um, because anytime that I do go live, um, I'll be tweeting it out. But if you want to follow me on Twitch, it's twitch.tv slash Lock and Key, all spelled out L O C K E N A N D Key. Um, follow me there. Check out some streams in the future. Got a lot coming up. So. Um, hope to see you there. Felix. Yeah, this is Felix Sergut. I'm at Felix Sergut on Twitter, but you can also 
eventually one day catch me on twitch.tv slash Felix Hergood. I don't know when I'll be there. Neo Aoshi. Neo Aoshi. Uh, this is uh, Neo Aoshi. Follow me at twitter.com slash Neo underscore Yoshi. Twitch.tv slash Neo Aoshi. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be trying to stream again. I'm, I'm, my, my schedule's opening back up. I'm going to be pop, popping in, popping in, popping off. That's what I say. Trip. Love it. <laughs> That's what I always say. Uh, Trip okay. Zero. Guys, again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure you find, if you've not subscribed yet, to the EG Daily, the Daily Reset by mm. EG. Um, every morning, get the news, and then come hang out with us on Wednesdays. Um, I am, again, Trip Zero. I stream Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays on my channel, twitch.tv slash TV. 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., and then my socials are all the same. Trip Zero TV, very easy to find. Um, currently on Resident Evil Village after a full series run, so it's going to be very, very exciting. And then um, upcoming in the future, we've been punctuating the serious games with like chill games like uh, Power Wash Simulator. Looking forward to Skyward Sword release on the Switch to play that in mid-July. Um, mm-hmm. After this series... We're going to continue to spooky a little bit in the Bioshock series. Uh, so there's Ooh. there's a lot of fun coming up. So that's a good one to play so, through. Uh, yeah, great Stay games. I yeah, like I started that. a playthrough of that right before I stopped streaming. That was probably well now over a year ago. But hopefully that is not premonition for my stream. I will stream through. It won't those. be. It won't be. Good games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See you next week, yeah. guys. Thank you guys for listening. Catch you later. 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 Felix, is that a punching bag next to you that you hit when you rage in a video game? That's perfect. I think I think you got that thing is that's amazing. I think you if you go back live, that needs to be part of your streams. Yeah, that's why it's there. I guess. It definitely uh, makes it easier to not destroy your table. Or, oh, or I can't. Control, destroy, I can't. Or, just, I yeah. can't destroy this table. I got this because I can't destroy the table because this table will break my arm. <laughs> I don't. I don't believe you. You have to see this table. This is hard fucking wood. The punching bag is is table protection. (laughs) 